Hey, USA Volleyball fans, this is Clarence Hughes, co-host of the USA Volleyball Show. Here's an excerpt from John Sparrow's NTDP Academy course. Hi, my name is John Sparrow. I'm head coach for the U.S. men's national team. We're doing a course today on observations that we've made in the national team gym about collegiate players that arrive and make a transition to the professional game. What are some of the things that you can learn from our experiences that can help you prepare for that now? We don't have a pro league here in the United States, so you have to leave to go overseas, whether it's Asia, Europe, South America. Athletes typically leave sometime in August to September on average, and they leave and they're alone. They go overseas in a totally new culture, totally new environment, totally new coaching uh, experience. We've already talked about the training room and the strength conditioning. All those things are vastly different, vastly different cultures. How do you handle that? That's really a challenge for some athletes. So I think the first thing we encourage our athletes to do is embrace the experience and the opportunity to do something that's truly unique and special. If you want to hear more about our observations on how to best prepare yourself for a professional volleyball career, subscribe to the NTDP Academy at usavolleyball.org. Welcome to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. Clarence, we were talking earlier, and that bacon in my throat—it's—it's <laughs> it's bothering me. I have this I little say piece of bacon for my breakfast. It's just, <laughs> just lingering there, and it won't come out. Hang it around. I, I think it wants to be on the podcast. That's why. But uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Clarence, what uh, how have you been? Did you uh, you watch the Super Bowl? I did. I did watch the Super Bowl, had a nice little, uh, not a party, but, you know, just a small little gathering, um, you know, had to represent L.A. I only own a Charger jersey, so I had to wear one of those. Uh, but hey, yeah. L.A. LA is L.A. And we did our thing in one. Hey, same you know? stadium, too, right? Mm-hmm. SoFi Stadium brand go. spanking. That stadium looked real nice. That fun was cool. Fact, fun fact about SoFi. So, you know, that giant video board that they have, like uh-huh. it's sort of like big just yeah. continuous ring that thing is over two million pounds oh my gosh yes mm-hmm. i didn't know anything could weigh that much i didn't either and, <laughs> uh, i was visiting back home one day and then um we did a uh, a stadium tour and they were just like pointing all the all the facts and how like the layout is and i'm nerding out a little bit too but like yeah video boards over two million pounds and then the architectural structure of it it's like it's built on three different I don't, not like platforms, but I don't even know how to properly explain this. But basically, if there's an earthquake, there's three different like sectors of it that like take the earthquake on like impact. Oh, so, yeah, it never it'll it'll always be safe, basically, like disperse right. the impact a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, oh, that's I cool. explained that very poorly, you guys, but also look that up. And you'll, <laughs> you'll find the proper description of that. But yeah, that stadium is amazing. Take some smart people to figure that out, too. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you going for? You know, I, I love I love a good underdog story. So mm-hmm. I was going for Cincy uh, and Joe Burrow. 
the rest of the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I thought, you know, for a second, I thought they were going to pull it off. Yeah. Fun fact, too. Uh, my friend, one of my really good friends we went to high school with, his name's John Ross third. Oh, uh, yeah. He was a Bengal last year. And now he's a giant and just mm-hmm. unfortunate turn of events to be on the Giants the year after what well, the year before. Uh, you know, the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. So I didn't yeah. care who won, but I kind of had that chip on my shoulder for, uh, you know, for that turnout too. But, uh, yeah. you know, go Rams, LA, another championship. <laughs> One of the fastest guys in the league too, right? 4 Really cool. Yeah. Shall we get into the episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's we I feel like we had a lot of great conversations before we started recording, but we'll save those for another episode, maybe. I know. But yeah, let's let's food, jump right talk in. about <laughs> RVs, talk about in and out and a whole bunch of other stuff too, but some good times. But back on a more serious note, um, you guys already know we're celebrating Black History Month, and this is the third of three episodes that feature black athletes and coaches in volleyball um hear their stories make sure uh you know you're listening to our other two episodes that release that we released earlier on in the month um as they discuss how the sport continues to grow and how we really need to highlight and just you know improve the game overall for athletes and coaches and all volleyball uh participants of color My mic was on mute. Yeah, really, uh, really thankful that we've been able to have these awesome guests on in February and talk and have those conversations on this podcast. I think, you know, I've learned a lot. Uh, Great to hear their experience and their backgrounds uh, Mm -hmm. from being players and coaches um, and how they got into coaching as well. It's always really interesting. We, We keep talking about those unique paths in volleyball and we have um we'll continue that conversation here uh in this episode as well absolutely Uh, oh but before hello yep go ahead (laughs) go ahead you got it we introduced today's guests in our last episode we talked to usa volleyball legend rita buck crockett rita is such a wonderful person uh i had a great time talking to her I, i believe i can speak for you as well uh in that same regard but just an incredible path in the sport of volleyball that included getting cut in her first tryout for the national team. Crazy, crazy story. Uh, But obviously, as we all know, she continued to put in the work, which led her to help eventually help the U S women win Olympic silver in 1984. There's so much more in that conversation that we had with Rita. So definitely go check it out. It's a must listen. Absolutely. Very insightful, very informative, very inspiring as well, especially when when we kind of dive into her day to day role and what she does now at FIU. But just amazing conversation. If you haven't listened to it again, like Stephen said, go back, listen to that episode. Um, Now, a little bit of preface for today's show. Um, Back in 2019, USC Volleyball joined First Point Volleyball Foundation in presenting the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Association with one million dollars uh one million dollar grant uh to initiate men's volleyball as a conference sport four hundred thousand dollars of that grant was given to six hbcus six historically black colleges and universities to help launch their men's volleyball programs those schools are central state university benedict college fort valley state university kentucky state university morehouse college and Payne college usa volleyball's 
presented the 2020 DEI Choice Award at the United States Olympic and Paralympic Assembly for presenting the grant to the six HBCU schools. This year, those six schools have debuted their men's volleyball programs this season, and all their seasons are already underway. Make sure you are following these schools in these historic inaugural seasons. They are amazing and we're going to cover that today. Um, we have a couple of guests that are featuring. I'm not going to give a little bit away right now. I think Steve is going to intro that too. But just we're covering the stories of just how their journey started and what it means to be a part of this inaugural season because they are all amazing. Uh, we wish we can talk to you know these schools every day and just follow in more depth and detail. But just again, some amazing stories. And I'm really glad we got a chance to talk to these guests we have uh, throughout the month of February. Yeah, thank you for that backstory, Clarence. Uh, very important as we uh, get ready to uh, talk about our guests on today's episode. We're excited to be joined by the men's and women's head volleyball coach at Kentucky State University, Katrina English. Katrina shares her sports background, why she started coaching, and the challenges she faced as a black coach in volleyball. And then later on, we're joined by Kentucky State men's volleyball junior middle blocker, Jamal Singleton. Jamal talks about how he was introduced to volleyball, what it's like playing and attending an HBCU as a student athlete, and the feeling of being a part of the men of the first men's volleyball team at KYSU. Uh, we had great conversations with both Katrina and Jamal and excited to keep these conversations going. So we hope you enjoy them as well. Let's go right into our first guest. Here's Katrina English. Thank you again, Katrina, for joining us. We're really excited to talk to you and get to know a little bit more about you and your programs at Kentucky State as well. Uh, let's just start off and, and kind of go through your background. Can you tell us a little bit about your background in sports? Um, I started off playing um, basketball and volleyball in middle school and uh, continued in high school and then started playing just volleyball in college at Houston Baptist University. And then when I was in college, I uh, started coaching my first team that I was coaching was my sister's team. And from that, just kind of moved into the high school realm and then college. So I've been doing this since I was in middle school and loved it ever since. Was that coaching your sister's volleyball team in college yeah. or was that basketball? OK, I was coaching my sister's club team when okay. I was in college. I was excited about it. I don't know that she was too thrilled. So. <laughs> Happy to coach my little sister. So that was awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. We're, uh, so I guess what motivated you or inspired you to get into coaching uh, after being an athlete, collegiate athlete? Um, I think the biggest thing was seeing the light bulbs come on with my sister. She was, you know, kind of my test person. I mean, we always played before I started coaching her, but just actually like being out there and seeing her grow as a player and uh, being a part of that growth and um, just being a representation of things that weren't always available to me as an uh, athlete. So I wanted to make sure that I was a representation of the possibilities that could happen for everybody. Did you have any inspiration as far as what motivated you or what drove you to, you know, be a collegiate athlete, uh, any, you know, black athletes or athletes of color that you looked up to during your time uh, uh, throughout playing in college? Um, I, I remember really watching Tara cross battle. She was a person that I really looked up to and um, 
she also, or I probably should say I had her number. Um, she, so that was somebody that I really always watched and thought that she was really dynamic in what she did. And uh, actually, as I've gotten older, she coaches in Houston now. So being in the same area that she um, is working now. So I looked up to her and uh, there were other high school students at my high school that competed that were older than me that I looked up to. Um but uh, just my parents as well were athletes. And so just making sure that, I, you know, that they were always at the forefront of what I was doing and just me always doing the best that I could do. Mm-hmm. And did they play volleyball specifically or were they athletes in different types of sports? My mom played volleyball and track. She was a collegiate runner, track runner. And my dad played football and basketball. And he nice. didn't play in college, though. You mentioned you started coaching because you wanted to be a representation of a good representation for your sister and then your athletes now into what, you know, they could become later on after being a collegiate athlete, I guess, could you talk a little bit more about that specifically? And then, um, kind of what led you to coaching into the men's side of uh, the game as well? Well, growing up, um, volleyball wasn't a sport that was played from where I was by many African-American athletes. And I did not have an African-American coach until maybe my junior year in high school. And so when I had her, it was, it was a different connection. Um, Just that cultural competency that was there. um, It was almost like a mother as well as a coach. Um, And so it was, it was kind of a different unspoken language and that at some points made me feel that I fit, that I was um, able to be there and compete at a higher level. And I just kept those things and those lessons um, that she instilled in me and took that on. And then when I started coaching my sister, our team was uh, very diverse. And so that's something that I've always tried to do when I am a coach, especially having the ability to recruit is recruit a diverse group of players because I believe that there's strength in diversity. so when I had that representation, I tried to, you know, be that as well for other people and just keep it going. Thank you for that answer. That's really inspiring. Thank you. And, you know, we know that's kind of the the standard across the board, not only in volleyball, but, you know, just a lot of these African-American black athletes, you know, we don't see, uh, you know, that coach that, you know, looks like us. And it's really hard to relate to. Right. Um, but I, I do want to circle back and ask um, if you don't mind answering uh what are like you said you weren't able to really experience that with your coach until your junior year of high school that's a pretty long time for as long as you've been playing volleyball uh do you mind touching base on some of those challenges that may have you know come to the forefront you totally don't have to answer if you don't want to i mean but, no i you mean know, it's, up to you it's it's the real world you know mm-hmm. and just i was always raised that especially well really all around but when it came to volleyball that my my one error may equal another player's 10 errors, you know, and, and that sounds exaggerative, but when you're sitting no, at the end of the not. bench, exactly. When you're sitting at the end of the bench and you're like, Oh, well, you know, she missed a serve and I got pulled out and she didn't, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a silence, silent thing, but it's there. You feel it when you're an African-American player, you feel it. Cause it's like, well, what did I do to come out after one error? And that player did not, um, you know, and it's, it's a sad thing because not only are you fighting for um, playing time that you deserve, but you also have to un- overcome those silent battles that are 
forced on you, you know, and it's not, it's not your fault. Um, so just being mentally tough and knowing that I would always have to go extra and do more. And that, that wasn't something that was just taught to me and instilled to me in athletics. It was just all around, you know, don't just be your best, be the best. Um, and so that's just something that I always try to stay focused on and also instill in my players. And I just have one more follow-up before I think, uh, Steve, you have another question uh, that you're going to bring up. But um, you mentioned wanting to keep your programs as diverse as possible. And, you know, nowadays, that's the, I guess that's the, that's the goal for a lot of these organizations, whether it's in sport or in general. Uh, talking volleyball specifically, what are some of the first steps that you're doing recruiting wise to bring out these diverse athletes and want them, make them want to come play for you? Um, I think when I'm looking for players to come to my team, it may not always be the best player, you know, and that it may come off wrong, but it's the player that's going to fit into the program that we're building here. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes all of the best players don't really mold and mesh well together. Um, and a big thing in our program is communication and understanding the difference in the diction and connotation and the way that people speak. Um, so when we have those conversations with people from different walks of life and diff different cultural backgrounds, we just embrace those differences and, uh, you know, understand that the love and the communication that's coming forth is positive. It's different off the ear and off the tongue, but it's a positive meaning behind it. So when people come into our program and come and visit and, you know, it's it's net, we don't see color, we see we see their hearts, we see their skills, and we welcome them as that that individual. So when I'm recruiting, I don't see color either. I, I talk to that individual, see what they believe, you know, are the greatest things that they can bring as a team, what they're looking for for a team, because and it's, a, it's an important decision. You know, a lot of people just, oh, I want to go to this school, but is that school a great fit for you? And, and are you going to match that program? Um so I, I really try to have those conversations, real conversations with the individuals and let them know, you know, there will be good days, there will be bad days, but we are a family and not in a family in a sense that everything's great, but in a family that we stand the test of time and work through the hiccups, you know, that we we have that loyalty that we may not like you on Monday, but by Wednesday we've worked it out and, you know, we can go out to eat again, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, just knowing that the diversity of a individual brings different understanding and different strengths is, is what I'm always looking for. Thank you. Thank you for that. And it's part of that might tie into my next question here. Uh, USA volleyball and the first point foundation presented a grant uh, to six HBCU universities and colleges to start a men's program. And Kentucky state was one of those. What, I guess what specifically drove you to want to be a part of that, those beginnings and start the men's program at KSU? Um, well, I've all, I've coached men's club. And so this is my first collegiate experience with the men, but I definitely love the energy and speed of the game. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to come back to Kentucky state and um, start or continue the men's program, it was um, definitely an, you know, a high point of coming back. Um, I inherited the program that some of the players that are currently on the roster were already here. 
So I definitely have to, um, you know, thank uh, my predecessors for that and the administration that took care of all of that. But um, definitely being here and making making history, letting people know that this isn't this is a sport for everybody. And just the skill sets of the volleyball game can be exemplified if, you know, the opportunity and eyes are here for it. And just wanted to correct myself. Thank you, Clarence. The the acronym I got wrong uh, for Kentucky State KYSU is the correct acronym. Thank you, Clarence. Um, yeah, that's really cool to be a part of. You know, you mentioned that some of those players you kind of inherited the program uh, that they are already there, uh, but really cool to be a part of that. You know, that beginning, that foundation, and starting the program. What is the? What are some of the things that athletes are saying? Your men's athletes are saying about being a part of those beginnings and starting this program to to move forward uh, into the future. I think they take an honor in it. It's definitely something that they committed to through the ups and downs. Um, being a part of history for any type of you know accomplishment is always great to be a part of, but just really coming in and having the learning curve and the desire and seeing those light bulbs come in. And we've just had such high energy practices. And uh, the thing that really I like to see is when they're helping each other, you know, so it's really an invested, an invested interest in each player working together. And sometimes I feel like it's a lot of coaches in here, you know, when we're in practice, like, Hey, well, you didn't square up or Hey, you didn't move your feet. And so they're really invested in, making a great foundation for this program to continue. And you're the, you're the head coach of the women's program as well at Kentucky yes. state. Are they involved at all in, in helping you with the program? Do they support the team at all in matches or practices? Uh, what's their involvement? Well, we're a um, whole volleyball community. So the men come in and help the women and vice versa. Um, I, I have this little silent joke that when the other team comes in, the people that are practicing go harder. And that's that's really true. When the girls come in, all of a sudden, <laughs> the guys are like, you know, on point with the passes. <laughs> you know, they're making their times. And when the guys come in, the girls practice, all of a sudden, you know, nine seconds isn't that, you know, they're just it's like, oh, OK, wow. You know, yeah. it's kind of like having an audience in the stands. And so, yes, they're very supportive of each other. Um, they they work and study and play and sand and all those things, eating the calf together. So we're definitely a community and family through both programs. The girls tend to think that the guys are my favorite, but uh, <laughs> they go back and forth with that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make those uh, uh, attendance at practice mandatory so everybody starts going harder. <laughs> I know. I mean, it is amazing. All of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> Well, but, now, yeah, you passed that ball. Yeah. now you're swinging right. the ball through. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> like ESPN walked in the gym. Great. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh can you talk to us about what it's like coaching at an HBCU? I mean, you touched base on a little bit of just being a whole volleyball community and just being together and super, super supportive. Uh, but can you elaborate on a lot of that more just as far as the overall HBCU uh atmosphere and vibe? So I went to predominantly white schools all the way through. And so just, I know coming here, you know, just walking through the gym, walking around the campuses, going in the dorms, in the student center, seeing people that look like you on the wall. um, You know, again, going back to that representation, going back to that cultural competency and just a sense of belonging. Um, 
So that's, that is the biggest thing that I appreciate about coaching at HBCU as far as, you know, the rigor and the structure of volleyball and how I run my program, that doesn't change. Um, you know, I'm striving for greatness in all that I do, but as far as the camaraderie that comes to the game and, you know, the, the yard and all of the support from the sororities and fraternities and, you know, the faculty and staff that come in, it just really illuminates everything that is in our culture. And, and I love it. It's just really exciting. It just, it's kind of like a big ESPN game every time, you know, so I, I, I just really love the support that we get. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, we've touched on your background and your experience uh, in volleyball and in sports in general too. What I'd love to hear, you know, your perspective and, and, and how, we can grow diversity in volleyball uh, and that can be at any level, you know, from the junior club level, um, our schools, high schools, uh, all the way up to college as well. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. My thoughts on growing volleyball, growing diversity in volleyball. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that there's a true one way blueprint to get it done. Um, so I'll leave with that. But the thing for me was it, I didn't even really know about volleyball until seventh grade, you know, and I, I can't even remember exactly how it was introduced to me because I didn't start playing club until my junior year, you know, so there's many situations where people don't try things because they don't know it. So being seen and, you know, having showcases on our campuses and, bringing, um, you know, people in to our actual campus versus at a club or at a tournament so that they can see actually on our campus what we have to offer. Um, You know, this the opportunity that these teams have that we have in our conference right now is great. And I I hope that we're all very successful this year Um, is going to be just a test to see how well we can do and move forward, how many people can we spread and and touch and recruit and bring in? So just bringing that, that mindset in that everything we're doing, we need to get it out as far as we can and not really have a a small circle, but how many people can we reach? How many people can we get to come? How many people can we get to live stream and watch our games? That's what's going to get us to grow in the diversity area. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Really cool. Also, you know, being the first men's program at Kentucky state, you guys are going to just continue to grow and continue to reach your larger community as well. Yeah. There's so Uh, so many opportunities for the students to be seen and just, you know, they really just putting it out on so many different platforms is going to help us all grow. It's, it's, it's an all effort. You know, the students need to share it. The SIDs need to share it. The coaches need to share it families. So the more we share, the more we discuss, the more we talk about it, the more will be known. What are some challenges that you have faced uh, historically could be to date as a as a black coach in volleyball? As a black coach in volleyball. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is integrity, just always making sure that I'm keeping my composure in situations that might not always have the highest levels of integrity Um, and not just 
my composure, but my player's composure, you know, because we all see that that ball was out, <laughs> you know, or we all see that we did not touch it. We know that we didn't touch it, you know, but sometimes we don't get those calls and you hate to think that way and you hate to wonder, but when it happens repetitively, um, you know, it's like, hmm, okay, well, and, you know, so just making sure that the integrity and composure that I'm exemplifying also goes out to my team. And so that I'm setting an example that when you are tested, that you stay composed and sound and keep moving forward. So that, that's a big challenge because sometimes there are situations where, well, that just wasn't right, you know? And of course in sports, there's always going to be a bad call, but it's again, it's the repetitiveness of it that it's like, okay, now this is just turned into not a good situation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> another lost. thing that we that oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. You're fine. Go ahead. Another another thing that um I found challenging and just recently is when we travel. You know, there's we can't stop everywhere, and if we do stop everywhere, it's very important that we are traveling in twos or threes, or you know that we are in an area where I don't have to worry if everybody got back on the bus, you know, and, and a, there's a lot of people say I'm a mama bear, but it's the real world. You know, yeah. it's the real world. We, we can't just stop everywhere. And, and at times of night, especially during the pandemic with places closing early, you know, we're limited sometimes where we can and cannot stop just for just making a smart decision as a coach. So that's been challenging. Um, and that's something I never really planned for as coaching just really like, okay, can we stop at this um stopper but it, it's real and that's that's something that we have to keep that's something that i have to keep in my mind when we're traveling yeah i mean i think that applies to just a lot of life in general um, i'm originally from uh long beach california and moved out here to work for usc volleyball uh, here in colorado springs and you have to you know do your research before you exactly. you know make that full commitment and you know you are thinking about you know, what cities am I going to go through? Uh, how are these cities like? And, <laughs> right. you know, where, what time, what time am I going to get here? And how you know, just have to do all this extracurricular planning outside of everything. And that's just very unsaid and unspoken. And, uh, you know, just applying that to coaching. Uh, I'm in my first year of coaching club and it's been a, a, a very interesting experience myself. Um, uh, myself as an assistant and our head coach, we are both African-American, the only two that coach for our curtain club here, uh, here, here in the Springs. And, you know, there are certain things that have happened in past tournaments that you've just brought up. I'm like, you know, was that it? Now that I'm just kind of thinking, right. reflecting on things, I was like, well, our coach had to jump out of the way of a ball. We stand on the sideline and you called it you called the ball in. It's just a lot of this stuff doesn't really make sense. And the consistency across that really, really makes you think in the back of your head, like, wow, you know, do we want to go there or do we just have to, like you said, keep your composure and make sure your players are in that headspace that they need to be. So, you know, a big thank you to you for just bringing up those conversations because they are real and they happen across the board. Mm -hmm. What would you say to, a person of color who maybe is a former collegiate athlete or just graduated, uh, maybe they played volleyball growing up, a junior junior club level. What would you say to them to kind of motivate them to want to get into coaching? Uh, they may be discouraged at seeing the lack of representation in our sport, but what would you say to them to motivate them to want to be a coach? Um, 
I feel like any anybody can come in and be whatever they want to be. It, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific ethnic group. Um, uh, as an African American, I feel like being a trailblazer is what we do and, and what we like to do and what we're okay with doing. I don't know that we are the first. I know that we're not the first, uh, but in this time, in this day and age today, we're we're in front of the media now. We're you know we're we're on the platform. So, you know, like I said, my my first African American coach was my junior year of high school. But I can guarantee you, she didn't have this opportunity. You know, but um, just the people that are coming into the game to be a coach to remember and reflect on the people that got them there and t- and speak on them. Um, I wouldn't say at any point to tuck your tail or, or bow down, uh, keep integrity, keep your composure, know that you're going to be tested and uh, just keep your eye on the prize. Like, thank you for sharing that. Great. Those are great words. Um, before we, such a great conversation before we end, just wanted to give you the chance to, speak on anything, share anything that was kind of left on the table, anything you'd like to talk about? Um, I think we, we touched on everything. Um, I know that for, for me, just having the opportunity to imprint positively on all, all young athletes, you know, regardless of their background or, you know, race that, that's been something that I love to do as a coach. And I really feel like it's a relationship business. And so I don't, again, I don't see color. You know, I see a person's heart and their potential and where they want to go and how I can help them get there. So, you know, I understand that uh, this sport is um, growing and growing in many, many different areas, but uh, just making sure that everybody is um, staying focused on, the best of all and diversity is strength. Thank you. <clears throat> Do you uh, have any social media you want to, you know, maybe plug and shout out so the viewers and, you know, everyone tuning in can follow along as you guys, you know, prepare for your season, as you guys continue your season, excuse me. Well, I'll give our, um, I'll give Kentucky State social media. It is uh, KYSU Athletics. And that is for all of the platforms, the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So, um, you know, they're live streaming games now and things like that. So just just check us out. Definitely. Yeah. Listeners, check out Kentucky State. Watch their games. Uh, Katrina, such a pleasure to get to talk to you, get to know you, get to know the program that you're building, the men's program that you're building at KYSU. And uh, just really excited to see the future for the program, too, and, and how it grows uh, in the men's sport. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice meeting all you. Thank you again. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Take care. You know, it's really amazing to hear that she started coaching because of her sister, uh, I feel like those are a lot of the stories that we kind of talk about where, you know, someone plays a sport and, you know, the younger sibling 
is up and coming in that. And they're kind of that test dummy of just, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing right. And, you know, it all sort of worked out because, uh, you know, she wanted to be part of her sister's growth as an athlete and as a person. And for Katrina growing up, she didn't see that representation uh, with girls, uh, with her girls who looked like her playing volleyball or coach who looked like her. Uh, So she wanted to be that for her sister and everyone else she coached, which is, uh, I mean, uh, that's something every guest that we have on the show has brought up in some sense of the way that we all hear representation matters, but we need more coaches that look like us because it it doesn't bring a sense of comfort, but a sense of understanding and and just level uh, level setting. I, I'd want to say in, in a more just broader term, but it just it just helps more than people realize just when your coaches look like you, when the players look like you, you understand that they understand things beyond the game, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really cool to to hear from Katrina that she recognized that a lack of representation when she grew up playing the sport of volleyball and that she wanted to be a part of that change uh, moving forward uh, and started with her sister, trying mm-hmm. to help her sister see that representation in the sport and just giving back to the sport of volleyball, too, which is, you know, conversations that we've had on a lot of our episodes uh, here on the podcast, but especially in these last these three that we've had in February too, just giving back to the game, giving back to volleyball. And speaking of giving back to volleyball, when she mentioned her role model being Tara cross battle, uh, that was just amazing to hear her talk about, you know, growing up watching Tara cross battle. Uh, and for those, for listeners who don't know that name, Tara won an Olympic bronze medal with the 1992 U S women's team in Barcelona. And she's known as being one of the best all around players to play the game, most dominant players to play the game. You, you know, I see a lot of photos of her, never watched her play, but I see a lot of photos of her and she's just jumping out of the gym. Like, mm-hmm. but she was an all around player. She played defense. She played, uh, she played offense. She played, she spiked, you know, she attacked. So, um, and Tara is currently like, uh, like, uh, Katrina mentioned Tara is currently coaching. She's coaching at Houston juniors volleyball club. Um, but Tara, she mentioned Tara just being someone who inspired her growing up and seeing someone who looked like her was so important to her, you know, someone playing the sport that she loved and also played and competing at the highest level just proved that it was a possibility for her. Uh, and then now she's still inspiring Katrina as a mentor and coaching, uh, they're very, they have a close connection, close relationship, uh, and coaching and just cool to see that cool to see it continue, uh, to continue to see examples of the volleyball community coming together and giving back. Absolutely. And you really see, you, you really feel the philosophy and the care that Katrina English has for all the players under her program of just keeping them uh, like uh, she's that she's that mama bear, like she mentioned, or uh, like uh, our next guest, Jamal, mentions as well yeah. of just how she's always looking out for them and she's got their back. And you can tell that they're really, really, really inspired to play under her at that program at KYSU. And just a lot of good things just came out of that conversation. So, again, really glad we got a chance to talk to her, too. And uh, it's just amazing how, you know, she wanted to be part of starting the first ever men's volleyball program at 
at uh, Kentucky, at Kentucky, wow, excuse me, Kentucky State <laughs> to show that the sport of volleyball is for everyone. And, you know, the men's athletes uh, in the program take honor in being part of that first team in this inaugural season. Uh, it's really cool to see uh, the investment from uh, from each member of the team, the energy that they bring to practice and how they all help each other uh, throughout this journey of their first season and that foundation that they're trying to set for future volleyball teams at KYSU to come. Uh, with that being said, uh, our next guest really touches base on that from an athlete perspective. Uh, so without further ado, on to our second guest, Kentucky State University's men's middle blocker, Jamal Singleton. Jamal, thank you again for joining us. Uh, really excited to get to know you and your background as well. And, and speaking of that, let's let's talk. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background in sports uh, and then how you were introduced to volleyball? Um, well, the very first sport I was introduced to was basketball. Of course, I was uh, in fifth grade. Um, you know, I loved the sport. And then uh, transitioned to middle school. Unfortunately, I was not able to play either year. So I finally got to high school. My freshman year of high school, I started playing baseball. Uh, um, you know, it was an interesting sport. I love watching it, but playing it, I didn't really, you know, like it as much. But um, I still wanted to keep going. So my sophomore year of high school, um, I had an appendicitis removal. And I actually had a dream that I was playing the sport volleyball because uh the volleyball coach at the time in my high school, he went to school with my father. So he just kept pondering, you know, I want you to come play for me and stuff like that. So um, after I recovered from my surgery, I went out, tried out for volleyball and uh, I fell in love with the game ever since then. Had an man. epiphany, huh? Okay. I like that. Just I was, oh, woke man. up and just did it. That's crazy. <laughs> Clarence and I were just talking about how much we love hearing about how athletes are introduced to volleyball and they're like path to volleyball and they're all unique. And I've never heard that one before. <laughs> had your appendix removed and then had a, an epiphany, like Clarence said, to go play volleyball. That's so cool. Like we've heard of, uh, athletes running out of a gym at a young age away from their mom because they didn't want to go to cheer practice so they snuck into volleyball gyms we've heard of just <laughs> the, the the wildest stories but again like Stephen said it's, it's just really good to hear just everyone's story is so different I bet Stephen and I have just such different stories too as we talk about it too but yeah I mean all brought us to the same place and we all you know love the game of volleyball so here we are man so again appreciate that answer no what did you what did I guess, what did you connect with most with volleyball that kept you in the sport and, and, and why? Did, and, and then on top of that, too, what were some of those early challenges uh, learning the sport of volleyball? Uh, well, what connected me with the sport so soon was in high school again, just um, traveling all to these different places, playing and seeing what type of, you know, young men would play the game and how good they were at it. And um, I kept telling myself that's something I wanted to do. I wanted to be at that level that they were at. And um, so I just kept going harder. And uh, some of the challenges I would say I faced really was uh, keeping keeping my composure at a very young age. Um, at the age of 16 and 17 years old, I would mess up on a block or something or on a pass and I would be the angriest person in the world because I couldn't control it. So um, that was probably my biggest challenge coming playing a game of volleyball. 
I think uh, like just having that short term memory, like especially volleyball, you just you got to have it. I mean, you just got to go next point, next play because it's coming like the next five seconds while you're still talking about the 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 block you missed or, you know, that pass you shanked. So it's just that's definitely a learning lesson that, you know, volleyball players have to take in across the board. But uh, you mentioned that, you know, you got a chance to travel a little bit. Did you get a chance to play club volleyball anywhere? Uh, unfortunately, no. Club volleyball wasn't that popular where I was from. So I didn't get that chance to experience that. Mm-hmm. Well, neither did I. I only played one year officially in high school. And then from there, it was just, you know, where could I get my hands on volleyball throughout my school? We tried to get a club store started, but, you know, it wasn't necessarily the the in the resources and the budget that the school had. But, you know, you, you take what you can get and you, and you just kind of roll with those punches and, you know, you land where you are. So, you know, it's really good to hear that despite that, you were able to continue your career and, you know, you are where you are now. So that's really good. Yes, I think I had that same reaction that or that connection with volleyball that you did where I saw it for the first time and my eyes just lit up. I'd never seen volleyball played like that before. You know, I've always watched women's volleyball, but I've never seen boys, men play volleyball. And that's when they were just jumping out of the gym. Like I was like, I got to learn how to do this. I got to play this game. (laughs) Did you uh, did you have any you know, role models or, you know, athletes that you sort of, you know, followed or were inspired by throughout your journey uh, playing volleyball. It doesn't even have to be volleyball related, but, you know, just any sort of inspiration, whether a black athlete or athlete of color or athletes in general that you sort of looked up to and, you know, kind of motivated you throughout your journey. Uh, Yes, actually, I had quite a few. Like the very first two athletes that inspired me the most are actually family members because they played basketball at my high school. Um, Seeing how passionate they were about the game, you know, the the things that they would sacrifice and stuff like that, uh, it really motivated me. And another person I would say is Wilt Chamberlain because, um, you know, he was a basketball player, of course, one of the greatest of all time, but he was also a volleyball player. And when I heard about that, it really, I didn't believe it until uh, I seen videos. So <laughs> I know it's like, what? You got to like do your research. I had that same reaction when I found out. I was like, wow, he just, it was some uh, people who just do it all. It was a uh, crazy feeling. So I could say those three people were a huge impact. That's really that's really inspiring. Thank you for that. And then uh, with that, were you even thinking about playing collegiate volleyball, uh, you know, in high school once you started to really make these strides of, you know, progression, uh, playing the game at all? Was that even a thought to you? Uh, I didn't really think about collegiate volleyball until late in my junior year. Um, like I would just like when I first started volleyball, it was just something to. <laughs> keep me out of trouble, something to do after school and stuff like that. And um, junior year came around. It was just something that, you know, I wanted to take even more serious. So I could say that um, that's when I started looking into colleges who had men's volleyball, you know, looking at the programs and the environment that it was in and stuff like that. And my senior year, I was just head on, like sending films to any coach that would accept it at the time. So. I was really serious about joining a collegiate team close to the end of my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I believe did you play a season or two at, I believe it was Lincoln College before you transferred over to KYSC. Is that correct? Was that uh, your yes, first I, spot after high school that you landed at? 
my first uh, season at Lincoln College was a club season because I didn't know they had a club team and an NAI team at the time. So uh, I played club for that year. And uh, my sophomore year at Lincoln College, I joined the official NAI team. But, you know, that's when COVID hit at the same time. So, but it was still a good experience to play those teams, see those people. I played against some of, uh, I played against some men that played on the USA Olympic team at, at some point. So it was a great experience either way. Super so from cool. there, yeah. from there, what drew you over to KYSU uh, for this current season and, you know, probably the duration of your co- uh, collegiate career, but what, what, what was that attraction point to, I need to be here and I need to make this happen? Uh, I was like, you know, I was originally looking just for a HBCU to attend, you know, so um, then I started hearing about all these six HBCUs that got the program. So I looked in every single one and uh, it was just something about K-State that stood out to me. You know, uh, I got accepted a while back in high school. So uh, it was just something about the, the school. Like I, ha- I have to go here. I, ha- I need to be here. So I, um, I kept reaching out to people reaching out to coaches at the time. And um, I made it happen. Like I was go- like, that was my main mission was to get to Kentucky State uh, during that COVID, you know, little moment. And um, I got here. So it was it's a blessing from God for me to be here anyway. So I'll be on grateful for it. What's it like playing volleyball uh, and then also attending uh, Kentucky State and HBCU? As a student athlete, what's that experience like? It's it's an amazing feeling, like an amazing experience. Like um, like you know, you got the typical basketball players, football players, but when you when somebody asks me what sport do you play, you know, uh, I say, oh, volleyball. We got a men's volleyball team now. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great feeling though. Uh, you know, people they just support. Like um, my coach said earlier, you got. Just the the, stu- the student body, the fraternity, sororities, uh, faculty and staff, like they never experienced anything like this before. So the support we have <laughs> and then they show us is crazy. That's What's really the good. like, uh, yeah, is it like, uh, I guess on campus and, you know, outside of the gym, is it like a very close culture, uh, very community, family focused uh, environment? You said people come up to you and ask, like, what sport you play? And you tell men's volleyball and they're like, what? Like, so, yeah, what's that campus life like? Uh, I can say this campus is very family orientated. Like they welcome whoever with open arms, you know, so that's what I, one thing I will say. So your coach mentioned that you guys are also very supportive within each other uh, in the volleyball community. You know, the girls team will go watch the men's team, men's team will watch the women's team. And then, you know, during those practices, you know, the team goes a little harder when the girls walk in or vice versa. <laughs> the girls go a little harder when the guys walk in. So, so, you know, talk to us about that. How do you guys continue to support each other throughout this? And, you know, especially given it's you guys, it's, it's your first, you know, inaugural season, uh, you know, how, how has that support been? And, you know, just across the board with both teams. Uh, the support from them is uh, something that I could say really helped us out a lot. And, you know, the support we give them, I know they, they feel the same way. I don't know, you know, Coach saying we go extra hard. <laughs> I say that. But uh, just them being there, supporting us from practice, matches, uh, team bonding events. Um, it's something that was well needed. 
And I would say that for me personally, because of, at my previous school, it wasn't like that at all. So to have that here, it's a, it's a blessing, a huge blessing. That's really cool. Yeah, that you guys have that in a little bit of a competitive uh, thing between you, the two programs as well. Is there any uh, scrimmages? You guys doing any scrimmages? You got any of that in the future? <laughs> it was. It would be times where a coach would call a scrimmage out the blue, and you know we'll be ready for it. Like I know we practiced with them a lot last year. You know, going hands on. You know, just like it's a real life game. So. And I'm pretty sure we will have way more in the future just to help just to continue to help each other out, see what we uh, what we need to work on individually or as a whole. So I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot more in the future. Mm-hmm. How do you like being part of, you know, the first men's volleyball team ever at KYSU, like being part of that history, that inaugural season? How does that feel to you? Uh, it's something that I've never thought I would be a part of. But to be a part of something like that is just uh it's mind blowing, you know, it's like to walk around campus and get to say I'm a part of the first Kentucky State men's volleyball team. It's uh, it's like it's a dream come true because I always wanted to be at HBCU and to be at HBCU and play the, play the game I love while making history. It can't get no better than that. <clears throat> and. Uh, you mentioned, too, like we know you guys are laying that foundation and it's. Again, as probably something that words can't even describe most of the time when, you know, you are talking through these things and you're experiencing it. But, you know, after this current season and, you know, after your time is done at, at KYSU, what are some just individual goals that you want people to you know, just remember this inaugural team by just like, you know, we did this or, you know, we all want to win, but, you know, a lot of it goes beyond the game. So what are, what are some takeaways and goals that you sort of want to be, you know, left on the table for, you know, that next team or next, you know, generation of athletes to pick up and just continue on with? I want, well, one thing I want them to know is that this game is for anybody. Any young man who wants to play this game is for anybody. Another thing I want them to know is that, uh, like you can compete anywhere, you can do whatever, you know. So I just want them to know that K State, specifically K State, like the foundation that's left here, it's a strong foundation. Like we came from nothing, worked through all the trials and tribulations, and we got to, let's say, speaking in the future, we got to that championship, that SIAC championship, the NCAA Division II championship. We got to that. So if we can do it, you guys can do it as well. How's this uh, this first season going for the team? Is uh, are there any highlight moments or anything that sticks out to you? Favorite moments from a match or practice, anything like that? Uh, well, practice from what I could say, we we get we work a lot in practice, but we still have fun. We get our job done, but mainly just having that fun, laughing in practice, you know. But uh, during a match, I would say. The highlight, my biggest highlight is probably when one of my teammates got the very first kill in history. Uh, Oh, cool. That's a good highlight. And another highlight is winning our first match uh, uh, January 22nd against Milligan College. Yeah, that was just something crazy. Like, just, oh, like, we just won the... uh, the, uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
Is, yeah, uh, got that first match. Check that box. Like, I'm sure you guys were just elated, like just jumping up and down. And and then that first kill too. Like that's kind of a a game within a game. Like that's like a huge celebration, like a huge milestone. I know. Kind of got to stop and say, all right, hold on, yo. We yeah, gotta, we got got Yeah, time yeah. out. Let's celebrate. Let's take this in. Like that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, it's it's really good to to hear that you've reflected on some of those and you're going to continue to reflect on a lot of those milestones of this first season because you talk about it as, you know, you're in practices and you say, okay, you know, when this happens, it's going to be, you know, going to be hype, it's going to be lit, and, da, 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 and it happens, you're like, this is really happening. And a lot of it doesn't really set in until it either happens or a week later afterwards, you're like, you know what, we just... We just did that. And, you know, we're going to continue to do all that, too. So it's just really, really reassuring to hear, you know, that you guys are coming together to really recognize a lot of these things, too. Um, but on a slightly more maybe serious note, uh, what are some challenges that you faced as as a as a black player in volleyball, just, you know, playing a sport from when you took it up and, you know, through your collegiate career up until now? <laughs> Some of my biggest challenges were um, were probably in high school. Because um, in high school, my team was, you know, predominantly African American young men playing, and uh, it was a it was a great team. But you know, just going in, you know, certain gyms, playing against certain schools, you got you know some of the spectators just looking at us funny. Players on the other team, you know. Uh, maybe even the refs uh, from time to time. That was, those were probably some of my biggest challenges, getting used to, you know, that feeling, because I knew for a fact it wouldn't be the last time. What would you say, what advice would you give for a young person of color who might, you know, might play basketball, might play soccer, baseball, whatever, um, what would you say to them to encourage them to try volleyball and give volleyball a chance? Some advice I would uh, give to them actually, because I gave my younger brother this advice at one point and he's actually getting involved now and it's real. Oh, cool. Satisfying. So um, I would tell him just look up volleyball, like just look up the game of volleyball or just go to a volleyball game and um, just even, you know, go to an open gym and, you know, see what you can learn, see, how you would do and um, see if you enjoy it. Because I, like my very first, my very first volleyball practice in high school, I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed what I was doing. So I'm pretty sure if you can enjoy it, you wouldn't mind playing, you know, playing the game. So just give it some thought, you know, just do your research mainly. Like you guys made a good point by saying research, you know, so um, yeah, heavy on that research part, but uh, you know, just, just get a, a taste for it. I'm pretty sure you'll convert. Yeah, I think if you just try it, you'll you'll get hooked like like we did too. Just going into a gym Absolutely. and seeing seeing these guys fly fly up and down the court and jump out of the gym like that's just that's that's what lit me up. I was like, I gotta play this game. Like I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what it, what it's gonna take, but I gotta play this game. <laughs> <laughs> and it took a lot. It was hard at first too. You know, don't get me wrong. It's it's a hard game to learn. But when you do, you're going to want to play 24-7. Yeah. 
you just look at it. And I remember my first time actually, you know, going up for an approach and I kept missing the ball. I'm like, why, what is wrong? Like this looked easy, but I can't <laughs> connect with the ball and I can't like kill the ball in front of the 10 foot line. I think my left, my, my, my first kill ever was like with my left hand. It made no sense because I'm a righty and it just, nothing made sense, but it made me want to continue to just really learn and play the game and just be better. And it's just so different from, you know, your, your typical basketball or, or your football or baseball. And I think the fact that it's so different and, and, you know, accessible to a, to a fault, but that just really makes it's that much better and that much more exciting. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, your coach, Katrina English, really tried to instill on all of you guys. It really seems like that she has just an amazing philosophy behind her and just just the the attitude and work ethic and composure to, you know, really to keep you all loving the game and, you know, just continuing to grow alongside of that. So speaking of her, uh, what are a couple words that come to mind when we bring up your coach? And just remember, she is listening to this, so you better, <laughs> you better make sure they're positive. So a couple words that comes to mind, like she really sacrifices a lot for us. She really, you can say that she really is a team mom. Like she just cares about us a lot. So, and um. She reminds me a lot of my high school coach because my high school coach was the same way. So uh, it's just I feel comfortable with her coaching me. So. Yeah, you can really see the the fire and the passion uh, when, when we talk to her and, and hear it in her voice, too. Like she really cares about her athletes and the programs and building that first men's program at Kentucky State. So, yeah, I'm sure you, you just said it. You know, you're really lucky to have her there. Um, she's the she's the ultimate team mom. <laughs> yeah, I think she I think she talked about it herself too. She, you know, they like to call me this, and then you know, she she uh, got a little bit more into detail about it. But you know, you just confirm that, and just really, really makes it reassuring, and it's a good feeling to to just know that you have that role model, that coach, that individual that cares so much about you guys and your program and how you're growing and developing the sport and probably off the court too, which is amazing. So that's again, really good and really glad you, you know, you're, you ended up at KYSU and where you are now too, cause I know it's been a journey yourself. Yes, it really has been quite a journey. So I'm really grateful to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to go back to college and play for Katrina. <laughs> I'm fired up. I want to. I feel like Clarence. After all these conversations that we have on this podcast, we just want to go play volleyball. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's been like that after every single time, and and you know, just really, just just talking about the game and you yeah. know what you're doing now, and how much you're part of history, and just bouncing that off the small conversations Stephen and I have. We're like, man, we. It's just great to see and hear about all these opportunities that you are having uh in just developing and growing the game because a lot of a lot of these opportunities weren't weren't a thing and you know we're not we're not that old but you know they just it just shows the pro <laughs> progress from you know a few years back up until now so that's really good but sir yeah i think we are you know towards the end of our interview and i think we would love to just sit here and talk about just Honestly, just anything with you uh, <laughs> uh, for the next hour. For sure, so, for sure. Or, you know, you know, you probably got the crazy schedule. Uh, you have any social media you want to plug, whether it's your personal or you know, uh, you know the 
uh, or the or the teams throughout uh, your season, so we can you know just follow along and see how you're doing here and there. Uh, well, one thing I will uh, give out my school's uh, social media again: KYSU Athletics um, on every platform. I didn't want to do this, but I'll give out my personal. <laughs> <laughs> my, plug it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, JB underscore seventeen. That's J A A Y B E E underscore seventeen. Awesome. Yeah, listeners, follow those accounts, follow along their their season, and just uh, you know, get to know the team too, uh, as they go through their their first season and their program history. Really exciting uh as well to see the program just grow from here. <laughs> Anything else before we let you go? Had a great conversation. Thank you so much, Jamal. Anything else you'd like to talk about or share that, that was left on the table? Uh, any last uh, advice or anything? Um, um, well, thank you guys for, you know, allowing me with this opportunity again. And, um, you know, although we will be competing against these other HBCUs at the end of the day, I want them all to be successful because like I said, this is a blessing for all of us to be a part of. So that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well said. Yeah. Just want them all to be successful and, and continue to grow and expand too, uh, in yeah. men's volleyball <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Jamal. Uh, loved having you on the podcast and, uh, we'll be excited to, to watch the season, uh, unfold and maybe we'll uh, have you on again, uh, down the road and, and hear about how this first season went. Yes, and, thank uh, you. We'll be following thank along. So yep. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Have a blessed day, guys. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye, Jamal. Again, we continue to see or hear about these unique paths from, from the athletes and coaches that we have on this podcast. Uh, and Jamal, this might be a first for me that I've heard, but he had a, he had a, uh, appendicitis, uh, in the 10th grade, uh, and had a dream that he was playing volleyball. Uh, definitely at first, I've never heard anybody say that, but that was you know, his introduction that, I just, to volleyball. I just got a little bit what? What did you just say? Yeah. That was cool. It's, it's yeah. Crazy. But he, yeah, played baseball and basketball before that. Uh, but yeah, once that happened, he had that dream and he knew volleyball was, was it for him. And he had to get into, into that sport. Mm -hmm. And just the lessons you learn from transitioning into volleyball, like other sports. I mean, just having, oh, yeah. sh having short-term memory uh, when it comes to volleyball to move past the mistakes, because um, that's the case in a lot of sports, you know, football, baseball, soccer, um, lacrosse, anything too, but volleyball, that next place coming in the next 20 or so seconds, even sooner, depending on, you know, how fast that opponent wants to serve that next ball and, you know, play, the, get the next ball into play. So, I mean, just having to make that adjustment of, you know, just having short-term memory, moving on to the next play, it is really key in, you know, in the, that just overall development in volleyball. And, you know, it's really crazy to hear that he also looked up uh, uh, to family, mem family members who played basketball and, you know, who their passion for the game really inspired him. Uh, and fun fact, he brought up uh, Wilt the Still, Wilt Chamberlain, who also <laughs> played volleyball as a big inspiration in his life, which was a total crazy connection because a lot of people don't know that Wilt also did play volleyball. So I think that was really cool that he tied two and two together of just, you know, yeah, this is what I looked up to. He hooped and he also played volleyball. Here we are. Yeah, listeners, go look up those pictures. Look up Wilt Chamberlain playing volleyball and you'll see him 
uh, at some big beach events, uh, beach volleyball events, playing volleyball. Uh, really cool uh, that he, you know, found that connection. And, you know, being a huge basketball fan himself, that just, you know, meant so much to him to see one of his role models, his idols uh, playing volleyball, the sport that he loved so much as well. Um, but yeah, you know, he talked about being a student athlete at an HBCU, talked about the support around campus as an athlete from uh, from the student body and faculty and staff, uh, the fraternities, sororities on campus, everyone. Uh, he mentioned, you know, being approached on campus, uh, someone asking him what sport he played. And he said men's volleyball and they had no idea there was a men's team, men's team at, at the school. And so they, you know, they were excited to go check them out and, and watch them play. Uh, just that's the that's the same thing that we heard back in episode 26 too. just the community and the family aspect of being a student athlete at an HBCU and the support, you know, again, from the, the women's team. Uh, it was something we heard in episode 26 as well. Uh, they they uh, step up their game a little bit when the, <laughs> when the women's team walks into the gym uh, and vice versa, too. So there's that little competitive edge, too. And they just want to help each other be better, too, which is just really cool to that they have that camaraderie between both teams. Uh, and I don't think it's happened yet, but they they want to get some scrimmages going. Jamal said <laughs> <laughs> he tried to deny it, but I don't know the way his face kind of lit up. And he was yeah. just like, oh, you know. I think she's over exaggerating, but I think they do. I think yeah. it's just like a natural thing to do. You know, when yep. the opposite, when the other team comes in, you just go harder. You got to show that, you know, you're not the better team, but you know, Hey, we're working hard too. So I, I'm looking forward for that. Uh, that scrimmage if it ever happens. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see. You don't want to miss that pass when the, <laughs> when the other team comes in, you know, or, I don't think like, or serve out, serve out. I would have picked that up or I would have made that <laughs> zone six. What yeah. are you doing? But that that's cool. hilarious to hear. Um, but just to circle back on, you know, this being their inaugural season and what that means to him. Uh, he he mentioned it being mind blowing uh, and a dream come true, uh, you know, to finally be at an HBCU and making history. Um, it can't get much better than that. And I, I, you feel that passion in his conversation and just how his face lit up and how excited he was to just talk about it. And, you know, also how thankful he was just to, you know, be where he was on his journey because he started at another college and, you know, ended up transferring uh, uh, to KYSU and, you know, finally landed an H at an HBCU to, you know, have a full circle moment and, understand that that's where his journey is so it's just really 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 exciting to see that you know he landed there under the program with Katrina English being part of the inaugural season and how much it means to him to lay that foundation for not only this team's first year but for those other teams to come and follow in that team's footsteps so that first foundation is so 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 important and he also talks about some goals that he has uh, uh not, not he has but you know that they have with the kyc program right. um just to really highlight that the game is for anybody uh that is a strong foundation that they do have at, at kysu and they just want to develop on the court and also off the court as well into just amazing young uh talents to individuals in every aspect of life yeah, and to circle back to our first guest, Katrina English, uh, Jamal, you know, mentioned that she's the ultimate team mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from our conversation with Katrina, you could just hear the passion and the fire that she has for this program, the men's program and her women's program as well, just coaching at Kentucky State University. Um, 
you know, she's just hearing her talk and hearing Jamal talk about her, like she feels like the right person to lead these programs into the future. And, you know, I, I certainly would love to play for Katrina, go back to college and play for Katrina. You, know, you got some eligibility left? You want to? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll go check. I can, I can go back for my master's maybe and do, do some graduate studies. <laughs> and uh, just really an, an amazing philosophy that you yeah. know, she's developed under, uh, you know, for both of her programs. And you can really tell that, the, you know, her athletes have just bought into the system and, you know, they're trusting the process and we will be following along throughout, you know, their, their journey. Um, of this first season and, you know, women's next season and so on and so on. Um, just want to say a big, big thank you to both Katrina and Jamal for taking the time to sit down with us. You know, we really hope you enjoyed those conversations. We certainly did. We talk about it all the time here on the podcast. And, you know, we're really thankful to be in this position to just have these conversations and open up the dialogue and give these coaches and athletes a platform to just talk about things. Because, you know, who knows how often they're really doing it candidly like this um you guys can follow kentucky state university season on instagram and twitter at kysu athletics and jamal season as well because he did drop his own ig his instagram at j-a-a-y-b-e-e underscore 17 and while you're waiting for the next episode head over to usvolleyball.org for a story about one of the other hbcu schools that is beginning their first men's volleyball season morehouse college and features men's volleyball head coach emory lightfoot and senior setter Colin Concepcion, our very own show producer, Kyle Scholzen, did an excellent, excellent, amazing job at writing the story. Definitely worth checking out. Again, go to uscvolleyball.org for that story. All right. I think it's time for our upcoming events here. Uh, just to start off, registration is now live for the 2022 Girls 18s Junior Nationals, Girls junior nationals boys junior nationals and open nationals that's the adult nationals for usa volleyball head over to usavolleyball.org to register today also before you get into that uh february 24th registration which is tomorrow registration also opens up for our all-star championship being held and hosted in tulsa oklahoma this july 20th through the 23rd so a lot of registrations open up i just wanted to Good. Yeah, that no. That'll be a nice, no. fun little event in, in Tulsa. I'm really excited to see what the All-Star Championship looks like this season. Thank you for mentioning that and, and bringing that in here. Yeah, because tomorrow, last day to register. Is that right? Uh, it opens up. It opens up. Oh, opens up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, tomorrow opens that, that registration opens up. So definitely oh, go yeah. check that out. Uh, the USA Volleyball Beach Tour continues. We have a few events coming up this month and still time to register. First off, the USA Beach Tour Lone Star number one Austin Juniors National Qualifier February 26th through the 27th in Cedar Park, Texas. Next up, the Lone Star ASC Sand March BRQ one uh, on March 5th in Cedar Park, Texas as well. The 2022 Zonal and Local Officiating Camp February 25th through the 26th in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Good luck to everyone competing in those events and going to the Zonal and Local Officiating Camp. You can learn more about those events at uh, on USA Volleyball at usavolleyball.org. It's indoor qualifier and bid tournament season. The upcoming tournaments include South the Southeast Girls 18s qualifier February 25th through the 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. The Sierra National Girls 18s qualifier March 4th through the 5th in Reno, Nevada. The Boston Volleyball Festival 
Girls 18s qualifier March 4th through the 6th in Boston, Massachusetts. And important note here, if you're at the event, the back-to-back Paralympic gold medalist U.S. women's sitting national team will be there competing in exhibition matches against Canada. So be sure to to go watch them and cheer on Team USA. Really exciting that they're going to be there and you go to meet those athletes as well. So exciting. They are all amazing. You've heard them, you know, on our on our show, previous guests, and they're really just they're amazing. So if you get a chance to meet them and go see them, do it. Go all right. That's all I got. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Echo that from Clarence. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, we have the first weekend of the 2022 Salt Lake City Showdown Girls and Girls 18 qualifier March 4th through the 7th in Salt Lake City, Utah. The debut, the inaugural year of that event. Is that right, Clarence? That is uh, actually, I think you said March 4th through the 7th. It's going to be March March through the seventh. My bad. Yeah, March. You can show up on you can show up on the fourth. You know, we'll be there, <laughs> but it won't be officially started yet. That is March five through seven. We are very excited for the Salt Lake City showdown. It has been a crazy time setting everything up from registering teams and just organizing the event. Um, again, if something goes wrong, it wasn't me. So see you there. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Good luck to everyone competing in those indoor qualifiers and bid tournaments. You can check out more upcoming events and information at usavolleyball.org. And lastly, mm-hmm. the 2022 Women's National Team Open Program will take place on February 25th through the 27th in Colorado Springs, Colorado at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Training Center. The event will be streamed by Baller TV. Subscribe to watch and stay tuned for more information coming on usavolleyball.org and USA Volleyball's social media. Volleypalooza. I cannot wait to be a part so of that, much volleyball. that event. Um, I think we're all going to be working it too. So yeah, let's see if we can get a live podcast going during there. We'll, <laughs> we'll see, you know, no, no, uh, no guarantees, fingers crossed, but I cannot wait to just see that event with my own eyes and just witness all the talent there and just the organized madness of the open program. Can't wait. That's coming up real soon. The organized madness. Good call mm-hmm. back there from, from our interview with Karch. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> shout out. I remember some things, you know, but uh, yeah, love that. Just remember listeners, you guys can rate review, share with your friends, family, and teammates. As you already know, this really helps our podcast grow, reach new listeners, talk about new topics. And we're seeing the support come in. <clears throat> on a daily basis with this podcast. And thank you all for being friends of the pod. Uh, you want to chat with us? You can make sure you email us at the USAV show at USAV.org. Leave us feedback. Let us know how we're doing, what future topics you want to hear about. We have a lot coming up. We have Women's History Month in March. We have uh, Athletes Unlimited starting in March. There's so much more. Uh, in a little hint, hint here, we talk about all around athletes. We have a really amazing all around athletes oh, yeah. up in one of our shows in March. But yeah, again, email us about any future topics you want to to talk about, and we'd be happy to get it on our schedule and organize it the best way we can. A reminder that this is the third of three episodes we've released in February during the month of Black History. Uh, so if you haven't listened to the other two episodes, definitely hit the, the download button and listen. Check those out. Very, very, very insightful stories, very inspiring. And again, we're both so thankful to be part of this podcast team and be able to be in a position to interview these coaches, athletes, officials, and everyone else that falls in between during the month of Black History because we've 
we we've been so inspired and just thankful to to be in this position. Uh, we'll be back on our regular schedule, uh, producing shows every other Wednesday, uh, starting with our next episode on March 9th. Until then, thank you guys for listening to the USA Volleyball Show. We are the official podcast of USA Volleyball. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producers are Kyle Scholzen and Lara Fawcett. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.